Fine eye is flatbread that originated in France and Italy, but is now considered a Uruguayan specialty, and it's made of fresh milled dried chickpeas, water, olive oil, salt, and pepper, and that's it. And today, instead of talking about Uruguay, which is what we normally would do on the Elliott Confidential podcast, we're going to go looking for the best fine eye in Montevideo, which is where we are. Hey, Aaron. Yeah? How are you? I'm doing good. I can't wait. Are you hungry? Oh, very. All right. Well, in a second, we're going to do the question of the week. But let's get started by visiting our first restaurant. This is a place called Che Pinheiro. I probably mispronounced that. Che Pinheiro is uh, right down the street from where we live. Yeah. And it's considered one of the best places for fine in Montevideo. I like how you say it, Montevideo. 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 We are at our first place called Che Pinheiro. 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 Che Pinheiro. Che Pinheiro. And the fine ah looks pretty fine. Let's yeah. Look. Ooh, that does look good. <laughs> you didn't look at it before. I didn't. No, I didn't. Um, it looks like, uh, let's see, just slices of, I don't know. Cornbread, maybe? Yeah, yeah. It's like cornbread. I'm going to take a... Well, no, this let's is uh, just... give it a try. Huh? Mm. Well, that's good. Yes, very good. Mm. I don't know. It's very savory. Mm -hmm. It tastes sort of like, um, you know, a, sort of a cheese slice or something like that. They made it on a wood-burning fire, so it's got a bit of a smoky flavor to it. Mm-hmm. But it's also pretty smooth. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't taste the uh, chickpeas. There are no whole chickpeas. It looks like they really processed it. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a flour. Yeah, yeah. It is made with flour. Mm. I like it. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very good. Mm-hmm. I have to break it down. So, it's salty and savory. You wouldn't want to have it with honey, for example, but it's not overpowering. Mm -hmm. Like you could have it with hummus, which would be a little bit of an overkill because it already is made out of chickpeas. I think that they made part of it in a pan because there's some oil there. There's definitely some oil. But I also think that they used, maybe they finished it off on a wood-burning kind of fireplace because you can taste the, like the wood in there. Yeah. It tastes very strongly of chickpeas, mm -hmm. but it's not the sort of mm, canned chickpeas that you're used to. It's very, very, it's, the flavor is much stronger and there's much yeah. less, it's not watery at all. It's um, anything that you might not have liked about the beans, you know, it's gone essentially. Yeah. You don't like taste the beans at all. It's salty. So uh, what kind of a grade would you give this? Uh, this is pretty good, actually. Mm -hmm. I'd give it, you know, like a 7 or 8 out of 10. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'd go back for this. This is nice. I would definitely go back. It was 300 pesos, mm -hmm. which works out to about, and we got two. $8. $8 for uh, two, two servings. Mm -hmm. Makes a good lunch. I like it. Our question of the week is... Tell us about the national dish of the place that you visited that made an impression. So whether you had fine in Montevideo or 
We had a really good final when we were in Nice, France. Yes, Nice is another place that does really good final. Yeah. Or maybe it was a different dish. Maybe it was you were having sachatoate in Vienna, one of my favorite national desserts. So tell us about that, and we will read your comments on our next podcast. Absolutely. Well, let's continue eating. Yeah, let's go. All right, this is a place called Don Pepperoni. Mm -hmm. And can you describe Don Pepperoni? So Don Pepperoni is basically in a mall, the Punta Carretas Mall. Right outside, yeah. Yeah, right outside. And it's just a, it's a little cafe, restaurant sort of place. And I mean, it's kind of like a diner. It's sort of a place with a nice patio. A lot of wood. Yeah. Very tall ceilings. And when we came in, there wasn't much going on. I don't think, I mean, we came in at, what, about four o'clock in the evening? Yeah. There's no one there. So we walk in and we ask for fina. Two portions of fina. Two portions of fina. Yeah. And, it looks uh, like they gave us two slices. They're more like, they're more like slices of pizza, really. Yeah. And the guy gives you a look. Like, can you describe the look that he gave you? <laughs> yeah. He, he asked, yeah, what, what is it? And what do you want? Yeah, what, what, why do you just want fina? Yeah. Because we're journalists. We're doing it for journalism. Yeah. <laughs> True. Well, they're definitely not getting a tip for this one, but I don't know. Maybe it's worth it. I mean, it costs $7 for two pizza slices worth of fina. It better be good. It better be good. Okay. You ready to try it? Yeah. Okay. Kind of dry. Yeah. This is not, you know, not as needs, good as the first place. No. It needs a little hummus. I think. It's less oily than the last one, but no flavor, no salt, really. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, it definitely needs hummus. No. Yeah. I'm putting some hummus on mine. Wow. I can't believe how flavorless this one is. Yeah, this is not good for now. Mm-mm. It sucks. It's better with the hummus. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm getting the impression that you actually when you go get Fainam, you don't really know what you're getting. You could go one place and it could be very tasty with like onion and pepper and with kind of a wood burned flavor. And then you go somewhere like here and it could be very bland. But people make people like bland. I don't know. I don't think people like bland. Mm. I mean, it's okay with hummus, but. Yeah. You know, it's not okay without hummus. Oh, if I had this without hummus, it would be a punishment. Mm. It would be so prison food. Be, well, beware of uh, just asking for a final. And really, this was kind of overpriced, too. I mean, $7? Come on. Uh, I like the last place better. Meager portion sizes, bad food. Yes. One star. Is there a way for you to know that you're getting good final? just by looking at it. I mean, if it looks like it's well cooked, I think that that's probably a good final. If it looks really not cooked very well, like you don't see evidence that, you know, they really cooked the hell out of it, mm -hmm. then maybe it's not so good. This was very disappointing final. Oh well, on to the next place. All right, Aaron, I'm stuffed. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I really am looking to hopefully undo what we just ate. 
because it's kind of gross. How are you going to do that? Are you going to go walking? Well, I mean, walking, walking sometimes helps. Yeah. Oh. Well, this Speaking is a good of walking. Actually, let's let's talk about Montevideo because yeah. it is a great walking town. You've got the waterfront, which a lot of people go walking along. Not technically the beach. It's not the Atlantic. It's the estuary. It's the Rio Rio de la Plata. De la Plata. Thank you. Your Spanish is really good. It's yeah, coming right. along nicely. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. And uh, then there's you walk in town too. What I was really struck by was all the different types of architecture that are here. I mean, a hundred years ago, this place was an amazing looking city with just this incredible diversity of architecture. And uh, now it's, you know, they, they have some maybe not so great architecture now, but you can still see some beautiful buildings from a yeah. hundred years ago. There's some urban decay going on, unfortunately, here. But it still is one of the best places to be in South America. In fact, I was just looking at uh, the price of living index, and that's usually also a pretty good indicator of you know where people are making the money. And Montevideo is really the only place that has you know a good. Well, it's it's expensive to live it's here. It's very expensive. Yes. Yeah, our grocery bills have been sky high, the highest that I've ever seen, and we've lived in a lot of different places yeah we survived switzerland with its high grocery prices and i would i would go to switzerland and i would get cheaper groceries than i've gotten here and the crazy thing is that the food would probably be coming from all south america well yeah uh, the interesting thing is um fresh market it has basically a monopoly here Mm -hmm. i would have never thought in fresh market they have it in the states it's kind of a boutique grocery store but here, there's a fresh market around every corner, and it has a stranglehold on groceries. Yeah. But it's definitely interesting because you see the old architecture mixed in with the new architecture, and also some not-so-nice architecture. Yes. And then mixed al- along that, you see fresh markets. I know. And it's kind of odd because I remember when fresh markets were a new thing. Then, you know, 2015, I remember yeah, in the when we were living in Orlando and a fresh market opened up in our neighborhood and we were all so excited for that. Well, since it's called the Elliot Confidential Podcast, we have to tell some secrets. So Uruguayan secrets. I mean, who would you recommend visit a place like Montevideo? Um, it's not a very well-known place, so it's really kind of, it's kind of a secret destination in and of itself. Yeah, I mean, who, I But think... who should come here? I think that if you really like urban destinations mm-hmm. and gritty destinations, <laughs> gritty urban destinations that are sort of uh, offbeat, then you'll like Montevideo because it definitely is offbeat, mm-hmm. definitely is gritty, definitely is urban. You're not going to find a mountain to hike by. Um, we are near the river, but it's more like a port town. So there's not a lot of natural beauty here. And, you know, it's, it's a big city, so you're going to be getting lots of city. When I walk through the streets of Montevideo, I, I almost imagine like the, um, the tango, the lugubrious um, tango soundtrack wafting through the streets. I've never heard that. It's usually like techno that I'm hearing. But it, it's, it feels that way, you know, it's kind of shadowy and dark. And, and it is the middle of summer here, 
you, you know, so you're, so you're, it is warm. But it's, the other thing too is, you know, not to jump around, but it's not um, an oppressive heat. You always have the breeze coming off the Rio and, and you um, actually are really, I've never really felt that hot. It's not like being in a place like Savannah in August where you're just dying. Yeah, no. Here you can keep the windows open and it keeps things cool. Yeah. But it is humid here, very humid, not like Santiago. No, no, yeah. But I've turned the air conditioning on maybe twice so far during the night just to cool things down a little bit. What do you like about Montevideo, Aaron? It's a difficult question to answer because there's a lot of things that I like about this place. I think that, you know, I think the first final that we just tried is really good. Mm -hmm. You know, I like, I like the fact that this place is offbeat. So you walk down the street and it's kind of strange. There's not a lot of people here. It's the big city. There's not a lot of people. Well, we should talk about the cafes because yeah. uh, Uruguayan cafes are really impressive. I, the, my first couple of days here, I thought, oh, there's no coffee here. And then we discovered them. They're actually tucked away in these side streets. Yeah. And uh, we've been sitting in them and enjoying the coffee. The coffee has been pretty good. Yeah. I mean, the coffee is good here. Uh, and it really, there's just a lot of places that are hidden away. You wouldn't expect them to be there. Yeah. You know, you find suddenly a, a really good bakery just at a corner and you wouldn't have expected it because you can't really see through. It's not like Paris, for example, the city of lights, right? Where you can, you can look at a business and you're like, wow, I want to buy things there. Yeah. They don't have that same sort of aesthetic. Everything is sort of hidden away. Muted. Muted. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's very difficult to see any value when you don't even recognize what you're seeing. But when you look at Google, for example, you see like, wow, this place is really interesting. Um, you just have to go to the right places and you uh, end up in the courtyards, for example. Oh yeah, right. And the courtyards are very nice places to hang out. So I think the kind of person who should come to Montevideo is someone, you need to be able to speak Spanish. If you don't speak any Spanish, it's really hard because most people here do not understand English. I've tried speaking English to them and they're like, eh, que? So you need to know a little bit of Spanish, but you need the kind of person that you need to be is if you're looking for uh, a little bit more daylight during the dark winter days, this is a good place to come. But if you also like a city that reveals itself to you slowly, that's what Montevideo is. It's not flashy. It's not in your face. Like you say, it's not the city of lights. It's more something that takes time, but it does reveal itself. So you start discovering the coffee shops and the bakeries and the good walks and the architecture. Mm -hmm. And that's really, I think, the kind of person who should come down here, speak a little Spanish, like architecture, like coffee shops, and you want to get out of the really cold weather, this is the place to go. Yeah, absolutely. It's urban exploration, essentially. Not, not urban exploration like people visiting abandoned buildings, but... <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. If you don't really speak any Spanish, if you like beaches, uh, unless you go to Punta del Este, but if you like beaches and you want like a scene um, party crowd, I don't think many of our listeners are like that. This place really isn't for you. 
um, it is a much quieter, more subdued destination. And also, it has been expensive, not just the food. Everything is expensive. Our rental here was really pricey, <laughs> and it is falling apart. Okay, you've got to tell the story about our rental oh. fell apart. Well, we arrived here, and the first thing we did was did laundry, and turns out that our laundry machine uh, doesn't have a very strong spin cycle. It didn't have a spin cycle at all. Yeah, so they, uh, we, all of our clothes were mildewing, and then the door to the bathroom uh, fell off. Well, it was the door handle. Yes. When the door off. didn't fall off, the door handle fell off, right? Yeah. And, and um, you got locked in the bathroom. Yeah, I got, I got locked in I the bathroom. And then I also got locked in the bathroom. <laughs> it's funny. And there are a bunch of other random things about this home that don't make sense. Like, they have, because this home didn't, uh, this apartment rather, didn't come originally with an, uh, an oven or with uh, really anything. Uh, they had to put an electric oven in, yeah. and then they had to buy an electric stove like that you plug into the wall. And, you know, I don't know. I just think that... The, I don't think this place originally had a, a kitchen. I don't know what this place originally was. It might not have been... Uh, this might have been actually segmented. Yeah. Because there's no way that uh, they would have allowed uh, this to be built, because I think that the kitchen was just essentially installed recently. Yep because it doesn't look like it is meant to be there. Yeah, this is uh, one of the stranger rentals that we've ever been in and also one of the more expensive ones. Um, look, if you want to go to a place like Montevideo, it does, you'll want to be in, um, you know, we're in uh, a place called Punta Caretas, mm -hmm. which is uh, not in the main city. It's like just near the estuary. You wouldn't want to be in the main city you anyway. You want to be in the main city, yeah. Because that, uh, there are issues there with crime. There's a lot of tourists, but it's kind of like, it's a little bit like um, Santiago, or you wouldn't want to be in the main city. So we we ended up in an okay neighborhood, but it's it's you pay for it. And um, I think that if we were in South Africa, we would have three times the space, and it would be a very modern place with the same amount of money that we were spending. Yeah, Easily. I was just thinking about South Africa the other, uh, the other day because the Corniche area, the part next to the estuary, it reminds me a lot of, of the coast of South Africa, particularly yeah. right next to all of the coastal areas, all the bays. And yeah, this place is a lot like South Africa. All right, let's get started with the, the third tasting. Our last stop is at a place called Rigger. 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 And uh, it's a Friday afternoon, and we just checked out Rigger. Um, nice place. It looks a little bit like a chain restaurant, but I don't know if it is. It has one of those automatic payment things in it, and you know those kiosks. Yeah. And so you you don't even really talk to someone when you order your fine ah. You just, you know. It's a pizza just, place. It's a pizza joint. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, came highly recommended. So. Um, Let's give it a try. This is also the most expensive one. Yeah, this is almost $10. Yeah, but we got two things of Fina. Wow. So it's a lot of Fina, actually. It looks, um, you know, I should get a picture of that. This is uh, much more handheld it's, uh, than the others. Yeah. Like, it, they cut these into little slices. This one is, like, a little bit looser. Here, you want to take a picture of me? Mm. Oh, this is good. Mm-hmm. I would say this is the best one, yeah. Yeah, already, this is 
Wow. Much better than the last one. It's less oily. It has less of a burnt flavor to it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, this is good. I approve of this one. That's really good. Mm-hmm. You know what? There's, there's another one underneath it. <laughs> yeah. So plenty. what would you describe it? Uh, what is it? What this one is it? a very fluffy. Mm-hmm. It's fluffy and um, it's like a sort of a, a well-cooked pasta. That's the sort of texture. It, yeah, it's almost eggy, but it has no eggs in it. Yeah. And you can taste the onion, but it's not overpowering. Maybe a little bit of garlic, pepper. Mm-hmm. Mm. It is um, very oily, but that's to be expected. It's not as oily as the last one. Okay, if I was going to get fina in Montevideo, this is the place I'd go to. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, this fina is amazing. Mm-hmm. So really, in the last 48 hours, my impressions of Montevideo have changed. I didn't like it at first at all, but now I'm really seeing that there are little nooks and crannies that are... And the weather is great, too. Wow, mm -hmm. the weather is so good. Our last question of the week was, what's the most unstable place that you've ever visited? And we had a lot of very interesting responses to that one. Susan says, unstable place I visited Acapulco. Beautiful spot, but very unstable. One day, as we sat around the pool eating lunch, we were told that we have to get up and leave. The president's wife was coming for lunch and she wants no guests there. We complied and later went to a lovely place for dinner, a really beautiful restaurant, half outdoors. She says the next day we read that the same restaurants had been shot up later that evening. <laughs> wow. Uh -oh. Maybe we're going to rethink our trip to Mexico. <laughs> ah. Yeah. Alan says, San Francisco last March. Drugs, <laughs> violence, homelessness all over. What a change from 1996 when I spent the summer working there. Oh, wow. I have heard things about San Francisco, too. So I lived there in 1990 and 1991. I lived across the bay in Berkeley, and it was fine. I, used to, I did an internship um, in San Francisco at the LA Times, and um, we had some issues, but they were very minor. I've heard that they've gotten much, much worse, and that San Francisco really is uh, a place to avoid now. I hope things get better. Yeah. Tom says, uh, we, the wife and I, were in the U.S. Army in 89 in Berlin when the wall came down. Official Army warnings for days not to go anywhere near, especially Checkpoint Charlie. Sections of the wall were eventually torn down sporadically with no reaction by the East German Polizei to intervene. Everyone was on alert for weeks. Still, have a peace. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, I went to Checkpoint Charlie with my family in uh, 1974. We, we actually crossed. We got into East Germany for a day. I don't know why my dad wanted to go into East Germany. But we were there, and he just said, let's go. And um, my memories of East Berlin are not, they're, still, they're very fuzzy because I was pretty young. But um, I was in Berlin in the mid-90s, and it changed so much. You didn't even know where the wall was. They had just taken everything out. Wow. Julie says, DMZ in Korea not too many years after the axe killings. Always a dicey location, but memories were fresh. 
Yeah. Wow, yeah, we were in South Korea and we did not make it to DMZ. Well, we wouldn't want to be in the DMZ. Because well, they're you told tours. to shoot to kill. Well, we, they, they do tours, but you don't actually go into, you don't, you don't cross the border or anything like that. Yeah, no. Joyce says, I haven't really been in an unstable place. I've witnessed incidents, once in Paris and once in Berlin, but each was isolated and efficiently handled. She says, on another note, Aaron looks so much like my son Stephen at that age. I did a double take when I saw his photo. Stephen, is that you? <laughs> no. Well, thank you so much for your comments for the Elliot Confidential podcast. Yeah, yeah, those were fun. Those were fun. Yeah. We always enjoy reading your comments. Well, that's about it for the podcast. Uh, again, our question of the week is, tell us about your favorite national dish. Whether it's fina or sahatote or something else, we would love to hear about it. Leave your comments. We will read your comments in the next podcast. Uh, our next podcast actually is coming from, where are we going to be next week? Oh, we're going to be in Sao Paulo. Sao Paulo, Brazil. So we'll see you then. All right. Bye. All right. Ciao.